0: Hey, York Alliance. Welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Tuesday, October 6th. Hope you're doing well and hope you're enjoying the beautiful fall weather. It's a great time to be outside and uh, in the world around us enjoying the beauty of the fall. It's good to be in a place where we get to experience all four seasons. And um, many of you know, I'm looking forward to these seasons because the cold is definitely uh, my time. And so I'm uh, excited about that. Hope you're all doing well. Um, We've been journeying together through uh, the posture of God toward us and have been using those postures as a way to communicate the message of the kingdom of God, that, uh, that God is for us, that his position towards us is one of grace and mercy, that uh, he's in a good mood, that he's not disappointed with us or frustrated with us, but that he uh, is gracious towards us. In fact, we had a great conversation at our community group last night about the idea of the wrath of God being fully absorbed on Jesus so that God is not wrathful towards us, that God is not punishing us, but that there is, uh, the, that, that the wrath of God has been fully absorbed by Christ and that uh, his position towards us can be totally and in, unequivocally positive, that there's a, a love and a grace that's expressed towards us in Christ. But not only is God for us, through Jesus, there's a sacrificial choice of Jesus to be God with us, to come and take on skin and be... Um, a part of our society and that uh, ties into the idea that he also becomes one of us, that he gets close enough to be engaged in our community. And so we were talking uh, yesterday, and I want to take a little bit more time today to talk about some of the misconceptions of the way that we view that relationship with God. Uh, Yesterday, we talked about the idea that God can be either under us or over us, that we live under God or we live over God, depending on how you want to phrase those things. That idea of God um, being uh, that, that we live life under God is this uh, kind of recognition that the the greatness and the glory of God is such that we're constantly coming from a position of unworthiness, that we're trying to measure up, that we try to uh, live in certain ways in order to earn favors. We don't trust that God's for us. We have to uh, earn that positive uh, perspective uh, from God. Uh, And the other side of that is when we live life over God, meaning instead of God being over us, we're over him. So we understand the principles of who God is. We understand things like morality and biblical ethics. And we understand God to be uh, in a a deistic sense, uh, the creator and uh, the one who has established the world as it is but effectively uninvolved. And so uh, we then, through the way that we live our lives, can manipulate God because the principles are uh, holding. So if I do certain things, live in certain ways, act in certain ways, I um, am putting God in a position where he has to bless me. There's no other option because I understand the character and the nature of God. And as we said yesterday, there are modicums of truth in both of those but they're not truly the idea of God being for us and God being with us. So today I want to look at two other ones: the idea of w- what happens when we are trying to gain life from God, and when we are trying to live life for God. So um, life from God is uh, uh, effectively us saying that we need to uh, uh, that that we need to. <coughs> Gain uh, what he has from us as uh, what he has for us as a consumer, as someone who is saying, um, it, it, "I'm coming to God in order to get blessing. Uh, I'm receiving life from God in in order to uh, I'm I'm following the the." The truth of God. I'm following the heart of God in order that He would bless me. This is the the core of the health and wealth of the prosperity gospel. The idea that um, I come to God in order to be blessed. That I come to God in order to have a a happy and a healthy life. That that my perception of the gospel is, if I choose to follow Jesus, I'm always going to be blessed and I'm never going to suffer. Of course, this has nothing to do with what the scriptures actually teach. But again modicum of truth. There is blessing from obedience. There is blessing in relationship with God, but that blessing isn't always material. That blessing isn't always predictable. And that blessing isn't always in the moment. Sometimes the blessing is long-term, but the struggle is the moment. Life from God is effectively saying that um, I can, by following him, be um. Be successful, be blessed, and so the blessing becomes God. That becomes the focus. I'm, uh, I'm not seeking God. I'm seeking the blessing that comes from Him. The way, and I'm, I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but the way that John Piper stated it is that if we are, if our desire is to be in heaven, not with God, we won't get either. But if we are pursuing the God of heaven, if our, uh, our deep heart's desire is to be with God, heaven gets thrown in as well. That um, w- we need to recognize that the, the culmination of all uh, of history is the presence of God. That's really the heart of God. And so, it's not the blessings that we receive, but it's, it's God himself. So, that, that's one side if we, um, if we get life from God. But the other side is life for God. Now, this can be really close to the idea of life under God, the idea that we are trying to uh, earn his favor. But life for God goes a step further, which says that there's expectations that God has placed on me to do certain things, to live in certain ways, um, and that God would be disappointed if I don't do that well. Uh, This is often within the, um, the kind of the typical flow of the evangelical church, this can be a, a significant issue because w- what happens is that, that we we recognize that God's blessed us in certain ways. We recognize that um, there there's responsibility that God's placed on us. And when we fail to live up to that responsibility, we believe that God's disappointed with us. Life for God is a prescription for burning out. It's me saying, God needs me to do certain things in order to lead the world well. God needs me to be uh, involved in order to uh, do ha- for his plan to not be thwarted in the world around me. And of course, that's not true. God's bigger than all of us. But life for God says that I, I'm driven to make sure that I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to do, in order to serve God, and the the dark side of that is that there's often a sense of God's just disappointed in me, um, not mad, not, um, uh, not not wrathful, but just kind of this this nagging sense of I'm not doing enough, and that's never the heart of God. In fact, the the alternative to life for God is Sabbath. It's us stopping on a regular basis and recognizing that God's God and we're not God. And that's the heart of life with God. The, the invitation of the kingdom is that we're in relationship with a God who's all powerful, who doesn't need our help, who is yes, is blessing us, but is also shaping us and disciplining us that um, in our life with him, the singular promise that he's given to us is that he will be with us. He doesn't promise that we'll be successful. He doesn't promise that life will always be good or free of suffering. What he promises is that he'll be with us. And so all four of those mutations, life under God, where uh, we, uh, we have to earn his favor, life over God, where we can control his blessing, life from God, where we, we follow him only to receive the blessing, or life for God, where we serve him because he needs us. They're all, again, pieces of the truth. But the reality, the, the heart of the truth, is that we're called to live life with God. Jesus has come to be with us. He's become one of us to be a sacrifice for our sins so that we can be with him. And so that, as we will talk about in this coming week, as he indwells us, he leads us and shapes us that we would be people who follow after him and model our lives after him. How? By being for the world around us, by being with the world around us, by becoming one of the world around us and bringing the message of the kingdom into those spheres as well. And so I pray that that would be an encouragement to you, that you would recognize that you don't have to earn anything, that you don't have to prove anything, that God is not relying on you um, in order to run the world, but also that God's not um, uh, owed, that you don't You're not owed anything from God. I think one of the ways that we can get the most kind of tangled up in our Christian walk is if we try to hold God to a promise that he never made. And so his promise is not always to bless us. His promise is not always that he would materially prosper us, but his promise is that he will be with us. And so I pray you would rest in that today. And as you do, that the spirit of God would flow from you to the world around you with great joy. May his presence rest upon you, dwell within you, and may his grace and peace flow into the world for his glory and for your joy. Look forward to being back with you again tomorrow. Have a great day.